across the nation on RadioHarrow.org and on your smart speaker, recorded from a secret bunker in Ealing Broadway. This is a review. Yeah, hello, this is David Stone. Uh, This is Ian Stone. And this is a review. We're reviewing shows in this state of being at home whilst the Radio Harrow studios are locked. And so we are continuing our saga of Star Wars. Ian, we have finished the prequel trilogy. Finally, I've got enormous amounts of notes, as usual, but things have changed in the world. So um, funny, actually, listeners, whilst you're tuning in. So... Ian and I obviously live apart. We have our own lives, living separate. If you didn't notice from our surnames, we are related. But the only time I think I hear from Ian these days, during a time where it's harder to see people, it isn't to talk about how everyone is, how things are going with Ian's upcoming wedding, how things are going with our health, etc. No, it's to talk about bloody Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. The prequels are over now, David. We got through them. This is like the first uh, proper chapter kind of over at the momentous occasion, no? I'm I'm glad we got these ones done with because it was a struggle. This last film, I believe I watched the first two-thirds of it and then came back to it several days later rather than giving it a few hours rest like I did before because... I went one day and I thought, I, can, I can't take this today. I went the next day, I thought, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I think about a week went by before I actually finished the last 50 minutes of this film. We'll get into it later, but I was stressed. So how, 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 how are you feeling now we've got them all, well, these three over and done with? Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking about what my kind of overarching thoughts on the, on the prequels were, and I guess now you've kind of gone through them all in totality. Given I've just watched this third one, I kind of think the first two were a complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> and you may as well have just, just had this one, which was fine. And then that would be it, pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think the first two added anything to this film. And then ultimately the prequels themselves are just a massive missed opportunity, I think. That w- what what could they have been? They could have been? They could have been something interesting, but, you know... They weren't really. This film confirmed everything to me. Every preconception I thought that was going to happen to my overarching feelings after we've watched these three films. Everything that the first two set up, this knocked out of the park. And boy, have I got some slating to do. As listeners to the first two, well, the first four shows we've done on this prequel trilogy because goodness knows you can't finish the worst films ever in three straight shows one show each no they have to go on for thousands of episodes all on their own um yeah people who listen to those will discover but my uh feelings towards (laughs) this trilogy have not changed after watching this film this is the one Star Wars film I actually remember going to the cinema to watch. Is that what you were going to say? Because mm-hmm. you and I went together to watch this. Yeah. Well, yeah, in, um, in the summer holidays, I think, whatever year it was. 
yeah, 2005. So I think I was, um, I think I was off to university, um, like a month or two or whatever after this film was released. Um, and and yeah, I remember uh, going into cinema and watching this and thinking this is going to be the last. I actually felt kind of, I was kind of excited actually in a way because I thought this is the last time ever going to see a star wars film in the cinema that's brand new and how wrong was i you know five movies later or whatever um (laughs) um and and yeah i remember all i remember thinking um before going into this film was i had a there was a degree of of optimism but also a degree of fear and i think my wild emotion was like i really want this one to actually be okay um and at the time i thought it was okay and having watched it back um the first time i watched it this is actually the second time i've actually subjected myself to these prequels um since lockdown because i actually went through them before we started reviewing them um and so my thoughts immediately after re-watching it the first time were that it was actually you know i was expecting it to be much worse than i remembered and it was pretty much exactly as i remembered i feel like you go into these things not <laughs> with a better with a with a more positive outlook than i do after the first one, I was just like, I'm not going to be able to unsee all the terrible, nitpicky, tiny things that are wrong with this film now. And that's what's happened for the pre- the, the past two we've we've done. When we, I remember actually when we went to see this, I've got some quite clear memories of kind of knowing it was going to be rubbish. But I think even saying to you, well, the visual effects are going to be amazing on this. And they they probably still would be okay, actually. But I guess that's... I'll, I'll get the one positive out of the way, the visual effects. There we go. And then we can move on to the rest of the film. I'm surprised at your negativity already, so I'm quite keen to see... Um... Oh, boy. Oh, are you ready? Right. Okay. For the last time in this trilogy, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away... Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith War! The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous, has swept in the t- into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieged capital with their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. Okay. So, Ian, guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna point what? out. <laughs> I'm gonna point out issues from the opening crawler. This was the first non-boring opening crawler. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, first... it, it, you know, <laughs> war and all that. Yeah. There are heroes on both sides. So, are they trying to tell me that there are Nazi heroes in this war? So, are the separatists the Nazis really? They just want to separate from the. They, they, like, I mean, if you think about it, the real Nazis are on 
the Republic side, right? With the uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. English Chancellor. So, um, yeah. I mean, that is baffling. Um, okay. Um, well, we've got through the nitpicks here, but here is the actual overall problem with this opening crawler, okay? So, you know how the theme of all of these films has been that everyone is totally stupid, Okay. Well, it, it appears that even the opening crawl is an idiot, right? Because the opening crawl doesn't seem to realise that Christopher Lee and the Chancellor are working together. It says it quite clearly, but that he's got a valuable hostage. But hang on, do you know what I mean? Like, the crawler should know that Palpatine is actually evil. No? Because that's kind of been heavily implied already. I'm so confused by this. But another thing that's not entirely clear to me is, but I, I think, I think, actually, maybe it is clear. So Grievous is obviously not in on Palpatine's big plans. He is literally just a stooge for the entire film. Well, I'm yeah, assuming. okay. Um, <clears throat> so because, like, yeah, he can't tell the difference between Palpatine and his evil Emperor voice. Um, <laughs> or fate, yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, I think one of the problems with this film is that there, there are a lot of characters in it. So Grievous is a character that kind of, if you've not, if you hadn't watched the um, animated Clone Wars series, that um, I don't think it's actually canon anymore now because they released a new, a new version of it. Um, oh no, like not canon. CGI. Um, but 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 in the lead up to this film, they had released that there was um, a, a cartoon on the Clone Wars where which um, Grievous starred in heavily. So people kind of knew who this character was if you'd seen those. But if you've only just come straight from the um, Attack of the Clones film, which in, in theory we have, um, you have no idea who this guy is um, mm. who keeps saying these really ridiculous hokey cliched lines, which made mm -hmm. me laugh quite a lot actually. That's every line so in this ridiculous. Film. <laughs> and um yeah and and they also kind of you know his character is so kind of unimpressive <laughs> so, um, compared to the character from the from the animated show but going back to the crawler quickly though right so if the crawler is such an idiot that it doesn't realize that the chancellor is evil does that mean that it assumes that us, the audience, are so stupid as well that we don't we don't know that he's the Sith Lord. Is that is that what's... um? Well, it's never explicitly. It's it's heavily implied, obviously, and and if you've seen you know the original films, which ninety nine percent of the people watching this will have done. Uh, I mean, yeah. it you 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 would know but like the films themselves don't explicitly tell you that he is the sith lord yeah but everyone it's... knows he is it, oh, bloody a child could work that out a three-year-old could work that out oh, well, yeah. we, we haven't even got into the main bulk of the film and uh we already are over 10 minutes I mean, in if so, i'm being uh, honest these are extreme nitpicks on your part i mean no they're again, not no because no one it's, really it's, pays attention to the opening they're not form, they're you know? not extreme because that's the problem with the entire trilogy is that everyone is stupid and so stupid that it's assumed that the people watching are stupid as well it's unbelievable right let's get into the rest of the stupid film after this Oh, this is a review, 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 review. This is a review, 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 review. 
Okay, and we're back with This Is A Review. It's the final of the prequel Star Wars trilogy, and we are doing Revenge of the Sith. Once again, God knows how many shows this is going to take. We've only just reviewed the opening crawler, and now we're going to get into the bulk of the film. Ian Stone, take it away. So, um, unsurprisingly, the two um, superstar Jedi Knights sent (laughs) to rescue the Chancellor are Obi-Wan and Anakin who are in their superstar Jedi fighter jets um, flying through space. Um, I'll be honest, this is the first point of the film which kind of surprised me a bit, and I was expecting the um, CGI in this scene to be really distracting and awful, but it was actually okay. The effects were were decent, and... um, yeah, it was. It this scene did go on for quite a bit, then oh, basically flying to the ship forever. So these the... ships that they're flying in, that I'm sure there's about two minutes of them literally just weaving in and out of spaceship traffic, going vroom, 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 and you think, right, is there going to be some dialogue or is something going to happen now? No, just more flying. Vroom, 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 well, he does. He does get hit. Vroom. He does get hit with like a special missile that fires. Um, sadistic um engineer buzzsawry droids who want to like rip up um obi-wan's ship and then anakin does a terrible job of helping him get rid of them um and he gets the first line in the film as well which was terrible as ever so great great start there the dialogue has started awful with him. yeah but i found in this film the dialogue didn't distract me as much because the action wasn't terrible i mean this scene was was fine it wasn't anything it didn't insult me or anything and at least there was the one thing i could say about this film is there is a coherent plot that actually kind of makes sense it goes from a to b to c there, there, there is one element point in this film where i feel it kind of fails a little bit but that's later on um so they land on the on general grievous's ship um and uh they uh comp- continue the tradition of of the of the uh, previous prequels where obi-wan kenobi and anakin just kind of chop up droids for fun at this point it's kind oh of my a meme at this point this this <laughs> um this scene there was so much droid dialogue just constant like uh-oh <laughs> yeah. where are they and then there was a there's a bit where i think they're in the lift and they're you know massacring robots as you do and there's the two like big <laughs> droids like searching around and just having like a conversation that idiot people would have whilst they're looking for r2d toy too and they're just like uh-oh what was that you know it was just ah, uh, it was like uh, so robots are the comic relief in this film great we've established that but my god just get on with it this film is actually <laughs> very dark, <laughs> and I know there's comic relief really for the children, but I almost feel like children shouldn't be watching this film uh. <laughs> because it does quite it does get quite um, dark and moody at times. But anyway, they um, I think they get caught. They get I can't remember how they get captured. Uh, um, just robots. Robots capture them. Who cares? It's details. They find yeah. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee immediately starts doing Sith stuff, and then he crushes Ewan McGregor with a platform or something. Yeah. I will say that the kind of the lightsaber jewels in this film are a real mixed bag, which is better than, than the previous film, which was only, like, pretty poor lightsaber jewels. Um, Christopher Lee, once again, is um, is not in this film long enough, really. Mm. Um, I kind of I, I kind of feel like his entire character could have... There was so much potential there, and obviously they kind of... I, I get for narrative reasons they have to dispense of him quite quickly from this film, but um, it, it's, it's still a shame. 
Um, there's a there's a little bit in here where Hayden Christensen reveals whilst he's having a little chat with Ian McDermott, but um, he he confides in him and he's told him about his murdering of the fan people and uh, Ian McDermott who's meant to be keeping up of the pretense of being a good guy, really, when, you know, he's quite obviously evil. Um, he's just like, yeah, okay, cool, the sand people. I see that you, you know, you have bad thoughts. Cool. Yeah, I mean, the best scenes in this film, to be honest with you, are the ones where Ian McDermott is um, is uh, twisting um, Anakin Skywalker's mind and trying to manipulate him. Those actually really well acted. From Ian McDiarmid, obviously. Okay, um, okay. He has some fairly good lines in, in this as well. So, um, obviously, um, o, um, Anakin Skywalker defeats Count Dooku, uh, chops his hands off, catches um, the descending lightsaber of um, Christopher Lee in his hand, and then, in the most like brutal execution ever, has two um, lightsabers kind of crossed against, uh, um, against uh, Count Dooku's neck. And... Um, you know, has him completely at his mercy and obviously is convinced by um, uh, the Emperor to decapitate him in a yeah, brutal so manner. Hayden, <laughs> later we find out that everyone's so shocked that this guy is the Sith Lord, right? And Hayden Christensen, yeah. when this guy is blatantly tell, telling him to brutally murder someone, doesn't seem to have any question in his mind that, oh, this guy's telling me something that well, I shouldn't do. It's like no, well, no, he he does though because that that is the kind of the whole point of the well, scene. Well, he questions right? is that he's he questioning it. Yeah, he questions it, but like I think for any other person, it would be like, hmm, there's something not quite right with this folk. Not this guy. He's just like I shouldn't have done that. Like you could call it. I mean, we've we've established that this guy's a total fool and a total moron, so it doesn't really matter, I guess, at this point. But if we're looking at if we if we're judging him on the basis that you judge a normal person. Any bloody fool and his dog could work out that this guy has something wrong with him when he's going, kill him, do it, do it, you know? This. <laughs> so welcome back. This is David Stone and I'm joined by Ian Stone and this is a review. We are in our review of Revenge of the Sith and we were just talking about the quite obviously evil... Ian McDermott in this film, but nobody seems to realise until it's too late, which we'll find out later. Ian, continue. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is one of those, so this early scene is another example of how this film is better in isolation than it is um, taken with the other two films in, in the trilogy, because if you were coming into this blind, do you like but it's perfectly reasonable to assume that the Chancellor normally hides his power level a bit when it comes to his evilness. And then in this one moment where um, Anakin Skywalker's filled with adrenaline, he, he, you know, pressures him to murder someone. But Anakin wouldn't normally think any, wouldn't think anything of it because normally he's a swell guy. Obviously, <laughs> taking the yeah, context sure. of the other two films, <laughs> he's uh, evil. But, he's not you know, a swell guy! Um, we know this. If if you've watched the other two, we know that this guy well, is not least, only a least... total. Uh, he's not only a total moron. He's a, a total brat, and he's a total. There's nothing likable about him whatsoever. From the moment we meet him, from the from the moment we saw him in Attack of the Clones in that lift, being excited about meeting <laughs> the senator or whatever she was at that point, like. He was dislikable from that moment and nothing improves. 
he again, as you said, you're just reinforcing my point here, because in this film, you could conceivably think he was an okay person before the film started, and then because he does gradually get worse as the film goes on, there's less whiny brat Anakin Skywalker up until this point in the film. Um, then there it doesn't is take that long. On. You can tell that he loves, he loves death and destruction. Though in that ship scene before they got there, like he was just smiling, he was happy as Larry murdering all the other people in that ship. Yeah, but a great so, time. so so is everyone in this universe when they're like shooting stuff in. A, um, I mean, well, that's what's so like, stupid about trilogy. It. Well, you know, it's fantasy in it. Ah. So, um. Oh, so I just realised. So I was, I was thinking we were at, at the end of the uh, within the ship scene, but of course, oh no, um, it goes on. They then have to try and escape, um, and obviously, again, Palpatine showing his evil tendencies. It's basically telling um, Anakin to abandon his oldest, his oldest and closest friend to die. So they try to escape, and this is, I think, this is the point where they get kind of caught very easily because they they're like that the ship's crashing because i can't remember what causes the ship to start crashing i think it just gets uh, shot to doesn't, death by doesn't the, grievous um... do something and then they yeah it like gets chopped in half or something grievous, yeah, so like, they have like being... a, a, a mini like meeting with grievous don't they and then yeah so i, th- I think the ship is getting shot to shot yes, um, to yes, destruction cause they, cause by, the, think... by the by the by uh, the Republic people. Yes, there's there there is because there's a there's a husky tadpole where there's like a battle going on. Who <laughs> I don't know where they got the voice actor for this guy, but it's so funny. He goes, <laughs> "Oh, oh, fire, fire!" It was just hilarious. It was like this husky tadpole. He's... So there's some some sort. Of At least he's up. not um, a racial stereotype in this film. Well, I that. don't know. <laughs> so they get caught by um, General Grievous, and we get the first instance of excellent dialogue when we finally see um, Anakin Skywalker and um, General Grievous meet for the first time, where General Grievous says he thought he would be older, and Anakin Skywalker's witty comeback is, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. And General Grievous, you know, hit by this sick burn, um, is really angry about this <laughs> because he then rants <laughs> on about how all Jedi are scum or something. Um, I again, was totally but... lost by this point in the film already. Like the amount, because I had to write so many notes at the start, right? I I had to keep rewinding, which is the last thing I want to do in this film, to like work out what's going on and what the story is here and listen to bits of dialogue. And from rewinding and going back again, it didn't help at all. I might as well have just not pause and just let it flow because I mean, like, none there's of, some none weird of banter at this point is important whatsoever. Yeah, there's weird banter. There's a, um, there's more droid humor amongst this somewhere. Like, okay, we get it. <laughs> the droids are goofy. <laughs> we get it already. God, <laughs> they orchestrate their um, escape and they. Uh, you know, chop up some more droids and General Grievous's bodyguards as General Grievous runs away in cowardly fashion, as um, Samuel L. Jackson will um, highlight later. Um, in fact, there was, there was another hilariously stupid line because, as I said before, General Grievous loves saying really stupid, um, cliched, like villain lines, as if the the character within the film is aware that he's the character within a film and he has to say ridiculous lines. So, like he. Um, he, escape, he gets into an escape pod and then jettisons all of the others and in doing so says, ha 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 ha, time to escape. <laughs> and he escapes them. Um, they then crash land the ship basically into um, 
into the planet. Um, uh, all I've then, got yeah. next after all of this nonsense is that you and you and don't forget who is the slow burn idiot in this film. My God, it comes to a crashing halt later. I tell you that, but um, they decide you and and Samuel L decide to leave chief idiot with the chancellor because these morons still can't see that this guy is evil stupid well no 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 one can can they i mean that's the point i mean i think at this point because right the film jedi are like kind of um visibly um disturbed and suspicious of him but i i don't think i think they're basically just assuming he's a bit of an asshole and he's not actually the sith lord they're well, just great so he's a douchebag so, so leave your chosen one with him then yeah that's a great idea ian well yeah what, I mean, what they're gonna do you know may, yeah, may i may i take this next bit please please may i what so, is the next bit i don't know um, Go on. so the morons the moron couple are reunited right the gross couple i should say the well, i thought it was a swear word here about them because i was angry at them uh i'll just read my notes actually i've put she's prego uh-oh and straight away hayden gives this look of just hating the idea of having children it was brilliant he's so <laughs> like great uh, so thought... that's that's another that's another check in the box for things that are dislikable that... about him i actually think that was the best bit of acting he's done because it's like he, he kind of in his face encapsulated like the emotion i'd imagine like a 15 year old boy who gets his girlfriend pregnant by accident would express it's like i mean deep crap but I've got to be like happy about this too, I guess. So that was Ian, the kind of emotional vibe I was getting from him in that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read my notes here because I think it encapsulates what 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 these two are in this film perfectly. Okay, here are my notes. Idiot's plot secret birth. At one point he goes, with the worst piece of acting possibly in this film, you're so beautiful. Oh like yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah, they have a nonsense conversation about love, and then he has another dumb dream, and then Natalie Portman has elaborate nightmare attire with pearls and other rubbish. I'll let you take the rest. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've kind of summed it up. I've never seen, and I don't know if it, it part of it is definitely the direction, but I've never seen like a supposed like couple in a film <laughs> display less chemistry. It's incredible. So, yeah, like all of the scenes that these two seem to have together, they're totally kind of pointless in a way. All this, all this scene uh, served for me was to show that these guys must be loaded. Their flashy apartment building is so high-tech and amazing, and she's got this elaborate night attire, I mean, which is covered though, in diamonds. Right? She's, well, um, she's a senator, so she's got, like, you know, she's on, like, a... You know a high-ranking politician's wage and um i mean i, I don't know do jedis get paid i guess well, they just get board and lodgings i don't know well I don't yeah know I, I guess I, I guess she's loaded but yeah he he works for an order that wears dressing gowns though of course he does have a a, a fancy leather a black leather number which for some reason he gets to be unique god knows why but there you go so meanwhile uh, General Grievous and his separatist pals, including our favourite Viceroy, Viceroy Newt Gunray, um, are told, um, are kind of like gathering on this other planet. Um, what's it called? Um, Utapau, that's what it's called. Um, and uh, obviously because Grievous is uh, 
has no awareness you know clearly being like a hybrid robot man um, has trouble telling humans apart because he doesn't realize that Darth Sidious is obviously the Chancellor who he's recently spent a lot of time in close proximity to might we add um, he is told they have to move their um, their uh, operation to volcanic land um, Mustafar once again I, I it shows how totally lost I must have been this film because I've got no notes on this part. I'm still, I'm still moaning about the stupid couple. This is a review. This is a review, everybody, and uh, we're reviewing Revenge of the Sith. Anyway, he goes and gets a therapy session off Yoda. Is what I put here. Yeah, so he has his little therapy session with Yoda. Um, Yoda, who doesn't show any emotion in this entire film until like until he's hanging around the Wookiees, which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> he's a furry. Uh, basically, just just telling him to su- suppress his emotions and uh, uh, you know, well, learn to let go of your fr- learn, or maybe not so much no, special emotion. More what what Yoda is doing here is proving once again what a moron he is because he's telling Hayden that. He should. Uh... He's asking him leading questions, isn't he? And it's like, yeah. can't you just be a bit more like blunt with him and just tell him and tell, and just like, because I would have thought Yoda being the most powerful Jedi there <laughs> is, would, surely he would like have an inkling that. Um, oh yeah, he's Anakin's stupid. in a relationship with Padme. Yeah, I mean, he's stupid. He can see. He has all these psychic visions and stuff, and can predict things happening, etc. But he su- He doesn't seem to realize that this guy is quite evil and even says to himself you need to see the warning signs he says this to hayden christensen uh speak to yourself mate why don't you see the warning signs this guy stood in front of you giving the warning signs that he is evil and you even say to him that these warning signs are signs are a path to the dark side why if you're so brilliant why don't you stop him in his tracks right here you know yeah it's a bit bizarre so at at some point then following this, um, Anakin is called to see um, Thingamajigger, Palpatine, who um, basically this is where you get some more great Anakin lines. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is like where in the prequels, kind of like the juxtaposition of Ian McDiarmid's great acting with oh. Hayden Christensen's terrible acting is very clear. We get the best actually... line in the in the movie here, and we get the best line of all <laughs> time here. So he's like confiding with Anakin about how he distrusts the masters, and it's like, and honestly, I do I do quite like these scenes to be fair, despite Anakin's bad acting, because it is great acting from um, uh, from from the from the Emperor as he's kind of manipulating him and clearly kind of like, you know clearly setting the wheels in motion for the for the obvious betrayal for the obvious actions later on i mean the jedi are still stupid not to suspect you know but they kind of draw the wrong conclusions from it but it's like he's putting you on the council he clearly knows that they're not going to grant him a higher rank because just because he's decided he's going to be there but he knows that will annoy anakin and kind of give him more kind of threads to manipulate him with so i think all of this stuff is fine but um, but yeah, Hayden's acting is 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 fantabulous, David. So yeah, I, what was it that he gives? He gives Hayden some special honor here, or something. Yeah. He gives him so special... so he so he was um putting him as his special, uh, the official chancellor's representative on the Jedi Council. Yeah. Um, okay. And 
as the like prestigious idea this is to Hayden, he's he's so happy. He has to express this through his words and his emotion. Well, actually, just his words, because he goes, "Master, I am overwhelmed." The greatest, yeah, the greatest so... irony in a line in movie history. There, there's, oh, it was a such. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? In where you say something, but you quite clearly sound like the opposite. Um, insincere, I guess. But he's not being insincere because he is no. overwhelmed, but he can't. He can't so, physically <laughs> express it. He doesn't have so the ability. I think, so I think, like, yes, it's terribly delivered, but you're not. You're not giving enough um, credit to the awfulness that is the written dialogue he's supposed to be saying here. So I saw another review of this actually, um, where um. It was pointed out, and once it's pointed out, you can never not notice it. George mm. Lucas, like, he, he's no good at, like, writing dialogue that allows his characters to actually express their emotions. He has to have them state in precise <laughs> words what yeah. their emotions are. <laughs> he, it's has why, to, he has to have it's them why narrate. Every, it's why Christopher Lee, through, <laughs> throughout his entire, his, entire te- his entire tenure in the one and a bit movies he was in just basically tells us the plot of the film in all yeah. of his lives because it's it's not the characters aren't written as characters they're all written as narrators they're just all saying stuff to move the story along and yet yeah. they do a terrible job at that because it i was lost and this is it was around this point i had to pause again to write my notes because i was so totally lost at what's happening uh, for some reason i've got a note here and I, I remember this film so badly because I had to give it a few days before we even reviewed it. And um, there was a bit where Ewan and Hayden discussed Hayden's love for Nazism at some point. So I put that he's finally cottoned on here or he's cottoning on, but he doesn't do anything about it. No, that would be silly because we got to well, move this plot along. <laughs> but there is that. But there's also like, again, it's it's actually more of a failure of the previous films that Ewan appears to be acting this way because if they'd actually portrayed Anakin as a more likable but flawed character all along, who was actually you know properly good friends with Obi Wan, you'd have a there'd be a reason as to why Obi Wan is like overlooking these like red flags that are suddenly coming up all the time. But because oh. again, that's why this film is better without the context of the other films. Yeah, <laughs> but... it's not a good thing when it's like the third film in a trilogy. They want you to watch the other films. The other films have happened, and so. If, they, if those films made them look bad, these films just make them look absolutely incompetent because there's so yeah. much. So let's move on with with the point we're at in the film now. So there's a, they re, they refuse. Is this the bit where they refuse to make him a master? Yeah, they refuse to make him a master. This volatile uh... individual. They they straight after telling him they're not going to make him an make him a master think it's a good idea to say but we are going to use you to find out about what the chancellor is doing oh great so they finally worked out but there's something odd about the chancellor could it be that he's the sith lord no no they don't work that until much later on until it's too late actually i think well, no. find. this guy can't go two seconds yeah, without I a mean, tantrum I think sh- well this is the first of the film isn't it um Ugh. and uh you know, Obi-Wan actually calms him down a bit before 
Ben having to tell him, like, poor Obi-Wan put in this, like, stupid situation by his idiot bossy. <laughs> also, also, um, right, if they're so suspicious of the Chancellor, why did they bother to send a rescue mission for him? If they... You know, they, they quite they quite clearly at this point feel, and if they're Jedi, they should feel much more than just, oh, there's something a bit weird about him, but we need to watch closely. Hmm, could he be linked to the whole point of this war? Hmm, didn't think of that, no. No, no. So why did they just, no. you know, why did they go on this rescue mission for him if they're quite clearly suspicious? They could have killed, they could have got rid, they could have ended the war right there if this guy, who they quite clearly are suspicious of now, you know, they just left him there. Well, they're just assuming that he's just a power-hungry politician. They're not. They're, they're not assuming he's a. Sith well, they're Lord. stupid. They're stupid. That's the yeah, reason. Yeah. And 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 I think the whole that the 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 subtext, um, which we know George Lucas is excellent at, is that he's kind of pulled a veil of the dark side over. That he's like hiding in himself in the Force through manipulation of the dark side, and that he's like, I don't know, impairing their ability to sense stuff. But no. it's never really made clear, is it? This. So, there's... <laughs> we, we move on. We move on yeah. to the weird alien gala dinner slash bubble show. <laughs> yeah. This is actually probably the best scene of the film, to be honest what? with you. Um, yeah, it is. It's good. It's it's um, Ian McDermott's acting masterclass, basically, where he's, um, you know, playing this manipulative old old um sith lord you know having having kind of planted these like visions of death in anakin's brain yeah, and you know sowing you know the what? seeds of doubt like kind you... of manipulating him with his and then you know the tale of uh darth plagueis the wise who from his actions you can quite clearly tell is actually his former master because of the way he kind of smirks to himself when he says he murdered him in his sleep yeah um you say I this right but there's, no there's there's no subtlety in it is it there's just nothing no, but like, the guy, I, the guy, I, I know expecting i know that, subtlety i know the what guys are you expecting in, really it's, i know the guys it's a wacky action film okay it's yeah not... so again you're put you're putting this you're... you're putting this into a vacuum of its own then which is you're you're basically saying okay you, you you're, you're you're doing what vince mcmahon wants you to do you're having to suspend your disbelief to such an extent that you just go along with this stuff like in real terms right if a movie was well made someone being this blatant that they're evil like and and but no he's someone not, who no, is he's, he's being no no he's being he's not he's, he's, not. he's, he's specifically manipulating this one individual he he's is not, but, yeah, but he's not he's not projecting this to anyone else and he's 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 he's, he's the reason why Anakin is kind of falling for it is because he's kind of planted these seeds in Anakin's head already. Yeah, but he's yeah, but he's the just seeds. But that's the thing. And it's also not... remember that Anakin is like at this point has reason to be pissed off with the council as well because they've but, asked him to spy Ian, on someone. But Ian, but Ian, of their stupidity. But Ian, there's no seeds, as you say, that have been planted. They weren't seeds planted. They were blatant there was it wasn't like a subtle planting seeds at all everything he's done has been so blatant to suggest that he's evil that he's to suggest that he's trying to turn this guy anyone who's not as stupid as this anakin skywalker is would see that this guy is trying to do something straight away like they're not seeds being planted it's not like i'm trying to think of an example there's something subtle i don't know it's not like he 
plants one seed at a time very slowly every every like two weeks or something no what he does is he throws a bunch of apples into the pit he doesn't throw the pits in he throws them into one giant pit straight away and with every seed he plants it's not a seed it's a it's a bloody orchard <laughs> but th that's the best analogy i could come up with and i know it's terrible but no i don't i i disagree entirely i don't think there's no subtlety in this whatsoever so anyway he's talking about this this um this stupid story about this guy <laughs> resurrecting people from the death. And all I could think when he was saying this was, isn't he just explaining what advancements in medicine are? Because he says, you can prevent her from dying. Yeah, that's kind of just what doctors do, isn't it? They prevent people from dying <laughs> with advancements in medicine. It's like years ago, for goodness sake, um, people you know we're dying from flu left right and center now we have a vaccine which prevents loads of that it's like covid19 they're desperately trying to find a way to find a vaccine and these guys in oxford yeah. are working really hard and they're finding ways you know it's just that's just medical advancement that's not miracles that's not using the force yes you can prevent people well, from dying he, he he's is not using he's the yeah, he's using the force, but again, that's just an advanced way of using the force, like everything else. You can use the same analogy. It's not like he's resurrecting people from the dead, is he? He's just literally. Well, it, that was kind of implied, wasn't it? That he could, like, he could cre create, well, um, okay. just create life. But he specifically. By manipulating people's cells and people's body right? well anakin's an idiot then right because he's like oh yeah of course i can prevent someone from dying i've got a bloody lightsaber you know that's how you prevent someone from dying he specifically well, no, says you kill someone you don't well yeah but if you defend you someone prevent... you, 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 i mean if you're defending their life well yeah know, but he means in the literal sense as in a medical emergency he's not he's not thinking it, he doesn't mean as yeah, in sure. someone's being attacked by yeah, someone. Yeah, sure. That's called a plaster. That's called a blood transfusion. He specifically says... Well, revenge. yeah, this is a very advanced form of that, right? Well, yeah. He, yeah but he's, like, the, the point like, is, he specifically says prevent to this guy. So that's just medical advancement, basically. So anyone could do that without the help of some weird... Well, no, you can't just... You can't just... Yeah, but it, it, this is obviously like for very extreme cases where medical science is unable to. He can... He can manipulate, I don't know, the, the cells of life to regenerate or something. Right. So one, That's two, that is. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen pages of notes left, Ian. This is a review, and we're on Revenge of the Sith, and I don't know if we're half. I, I'm so totally lost in my notes here, as I was totally lost in the movies. There's so much written down about stuff that I don't know what's going on. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead you into the next bit by just saying Chewbacca, just because. <laughs> yes, I think so. Yoda goes to um, Kashyyyk, the home planet of the Wookiees, um, to help them defeat the useless droids, I guess. Um, and as you say, yeah, um, it's it's more pointless origin story time where Chewbacca's there, you know, just because. Um, we also see Obi-Wan travelling to this Utapau place to find General Grievous, where he um, he finds him, 
or he, he knows he's there, and then he rides around on a wacky CGI creature. <laughs> okay, again. yeah. So you you're racing ahead here. So I've got there's so much going on that they're flicking between scene after scene after scene here. So that's just called shifting between scenes I yeah but not I at this rapid rate there's, yeah but there's loads going on but i can't follow it that's the point i'm making here so chewbacca just because there's nothing strong or wise i don't even know what i'm going on about here but ewan's basically talking to anakin saying he's strong and wise i don't i don't know why ewan is friends with this guy the guy's never said anything positive or nice to him whatsoever there's nothing like about so him. again why would you be friends with him this is this is where like this is a failure of the previous two films because, um, you know, if if I could be bothered, and if I went and watched all of the Clone Wars stuff, you know, that set before this, where you know they portray Anakin in a more positive light, and Anakin seems to get on with Obi Wan ever, and you kind of established a relationship properly, then yeah, that that could that could make sense. But it, it's it, you're right. It does seem to me that Anakin, that Obi Wan kind of spends all of these films just you know kind of either. Stopping him from doing something really stupid or just, you know, kind of having to, like, shake his head at him because he's doing something stroppy or stupid. So yeah. you kind of get, like, their last their last scene as friends where <laughs> Anakin's actually being nice, like, for the first time. Or, yeah. Being thankful to him. And you're like, oh, this is this is Anakin's, you know. So what you're saying Anakin, here. How, he's suppo- how we're supposed to view him when, you know, the reality is he's not really like that. So there's actually there's a massive plot hole here, which I wanted to point out. Or either that, or Ewan McGregor is being, you know, slightly economical with what he is choosing to see and not see. Because there's a scene here where he actually visits the marital home. So does this guy know that? that these two are together or what because they um, lived they live with each other he visits knowing that they both live there what's what's going on here i don't know about that um i i'm guessing he must yeah it's never really made clear is it i'm guessing maybe you're supposed to assume that he kind of knows it's going on but he kind of turns a blind eye well he's an um, idiot well again the slow burn idiot has just added to his slow burn if that's the case yeah maybe i don't know or, or maybe he just yeah maybe i, don't, I have no idea um <laughs> so yes because so... yeah you're right because oh because anakin spends a lot of the last film telling um keeping like keeping on nudging obi-wan constantly about how much he has the hots for uh, Natalie Portman, so you would have <laughs> yeah. thought that Obi Wan would put two and two together. <laughs> You've got a scene where um, Samuel L. Jackson, as well, is is the only one who kind of states what we've all been thinking for the entire film and a ha- last film and a half oh, that God. he doesn't trust Anakin Skywalker. It's like you're only just now kind of coming to that realization, Mace Windu. Or this is this is I what. This is what I'm talking about with this film being a total disorganised mess because my notes in front of me here are a total disorganised mess because I'm I mean, commenting. I don't think it is because I'm commenting on one stupid thing after another, flicking to another stupid thing after another in this, all in a nonsensical order. And what does it matter? What? How does it develop I, the film? I, basically, all I it just, does to I me just... is just make it look more and more stupid. I think you're exaggerating the um, nonsensicalness because, like. 
one thing does lead I could not follow. I could not follow. I, c- I could follow the main overarching thing, but the little yeah. details like yeah. who's meant to be, who's meant to know what. Why Honestly, is he? But why what? is he going to this planet? Why is that guy going to this planet? Why is yeah. this happening now? It doesn't. It doesn't need. It either doesn't need to if happen, was... or they need to explain why it's happening better. I mean, I think with, I think by this point you should have given up on paying attention to these little details. Of these no, 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 um, no, because they all add up to why these films are so bad. Anyway, Ian, you yeah. and visit some lizard people slash blue man group slash the neutral race slash whatever you yeah, want to call the, them. The neutral race. Yeah. Who, have, who have these underling like race of people who are quite clearly slaves. So they must be nice guys. <laughs> yeah, great. And then, uh, yeah, not, so I, I think they the sort of subtly whisper to him that they're prisoners, basically, being guarded by yeah. General Grievous. And then, so in reaction to this, Ewan goes on a joyride on a giant lizard. He goes with a giant lizard, communicates with his clone friend, uh, Cody, um, that they're going to do like an ambush. Why is this guy called you know? Cody? <laughs> We, we, they just all have numbers, you know. Uh, names, sorry, you know. Cody. It's, it's better than calling him Clone Twenty Five B, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad that the Django actor yeah. got a gig in this film. That's fine. Yeah. So he he spies on them a bit. Um, we see General Grievous having an argument with um Newt Viceroy Newt Gunray again because if there's, there's nothing Newt Gunray loves more, it's an argument with his um superiors. Um, he doesn't feel safe. Um, and when he's no, he doesn't feel safe. And, oh, it's a shame. you know, good reason to as well, actually. Then, of course, after this, we get... Hello there! Yeah, we get more sassy Obi-Wan. I quite like sassy <laughs> Obi-Wan. Um, it's one of the best things about the prequels. Yeah, Obi-Wan uh, was the most entertaining uh, uh, thing about this film, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Grievous sends his... Um, bodyguard geeks to attack him and Obi-Wan just very easily dispatches of them with uh, like, I don't know what it is he like drops on top of them, like a giant metal thing. Just wanted to point out quickly before this that Ewan McGregor obviously did not go to the Christopher Lee school of gracefully holding his lightsaber. Remember remember in Attack of the Clones, Ian, how Christopher Lee <laughs> went into battle with such decorum and style Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor does this weird pose, which is totally unnecessary. He just looks like a total <laughs> yeah. fool. And he does it more than once. <laughs> yeah. He does it like twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, generally, so this is like, in a way, because like, obviously, as you were saying, like before we saw this movie back in 2005, you know, this film will have good special effects and there'll be good action. And I think the action is like, some of the action's good, some of it's a bit meh. Um, I find like, and I think I knew before the film began that there was like like General Grievous had four lightsabers. Cool. This <laughs> felt like the most anticlimactic like lightsaber duel ever because Obi Wan just kind of quite easily after getting yeah. a handle on him whirling these things around, just yeah. kind of quite easily just kind of like chops off bits of his hand. Yeah, he loses he gets two down straight to two. away. Yeah, and then yeah, and then um, obviously Obi Wan's clone friends all arrive, and we get the second. Of General Grievous's ridiculous, cliched, goofy lines, where he goes, ha, 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 "Surely now you must realize you are doomed." And then, and then what he, a and then he turns into a spider and scuttles off. 
Yeah. Right, so. Uh, yeah, he does. This. 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 Is a review. This is a review. We are into the final part of part one of our review of uh, of our review of Revenge of the Sith. Can you tell how done with these movies I am? It's unbelievable. I am David Stone. Ian Stone is narrating us through the film much better than George Lucas did it with his script. Might I <laughs> add? And so we were midway through a battle between Ewan McGregor and General V. Grievous, who has just scuttled off like a little spider. And the next point I made, because Ewan gives chase on his giant lizard, which is for some reason there on his... on his joints. Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, why does he have a giant lizard? Where, where did it come from, I mean, this giant lizard? There's no other giant lizard. He's... Presumably, he's been given it that he's been lent it by the um, the uh, the neutral the, people. The, uh, the neutral people, yeah. <laughs> you didn't think before this review we were going to have future armor references, did you? But there you go. So <laughs> we've had two. <laughs> so after this, we're yeah. sort of I think we're we're sort of flitting back and forth between scenes again because Samuel L, like an idiot, sends Hayden Christensen to go and see the. As I keep saying, quite obviously evil Chancellor. Yeah, so I guess that's because, you know, he still wants Anakin to spy. So Mace Windu really believes on this spying story. Um, there's also <laughs> a point when, when um, Obi-Wan's giving chase to um, Grievous on his giant CGI lizard thing. He, like, drops <laughs> his lightsaber conveniently right next to Commander Cody. Oh, um, oh, well, I've got more to say on this commander cody and the lightsaber in part two so hold that thought people yeah. for the next edition hmm. so um so yeah anakin tells palpatine that they found general grievous um and anakin is like again saying like oh, i should be there helping him but i i don't put this down to whiny anakin actually i put this more down to like anakin just wants to be you know playing with his friend obi-wan or whatever i don't know um, How is this guy not self-aware? Yeah, he's like a total brat the whole time. Does he not just look in the mirror sometimes amongst all the dreams and all the murdering sprees and just like, huh, I'm a bit yeah. of a prat. <laughs> he really is. And this is his most prattish, I think. So um, Palpatine, you know, they have a discussion about the Force <laughs> and then, you <laughs> know, all a, of a sudden, just... despite being told about this like Sith legend, um, in the previous um, uh, scene, which she was slating horribly, that I actually quite liked, um, Palpatine <laughs> kind of reveals, oh, um, that he knows stuff about the Force, and like Anakin's like, how do you know anything about the Force? <laughs> Dying. Um, yeah. Um, and then, and then Palpatine a... basically reveals he's Darth Sidious about three or four times, and Anakin <laughs> doesn't cotton on and, until like I can't remember what line it was that finally triggers him to realise he's a Sith Lord. But it's like he, he, he goes through like yeah, he has like three minutes of like um, saying you oh, know my yeah God. my my mentor taught me all about the Force even though oh, he's the dark side. This, and this, Anakin's this like stuff. oh yeah cool yeah. So like um, doing it, for some reason while they're having this conversation they're in this like trophy room or something it looks like it should be an art gallery 
it's, it's, and as... it's, his, it's his opulent office. Yeah. Appleton's <laughs> obviously evil opulent office. And as he's uh, <laughs> as they're doing this, they're sort of doing a weird circle dance with each other, each other for no apparent reason. They're just walking in circles, looking at each other around the room. And then <laughs> Ian McDermott, no, sorry, Hayden Christensen suddenly discovers Somehow this guy's the first guy to discover that he's the Sith Lord. Of all the idiots, he's the one to discover well, first. Well, no, but he discovers because he's been Yeah, he's being told. led, yeah. Because yeah. he's, he has, he thinks he has... he's got him now. He thinks yeah. now that I've managed to lead this sap along for this long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has it totally spelled out for him, yeah. But, so, <laughs> Hayden's acting a bit angry. And Ian McDermott, upon seeing Hayden do this, is having what I can only describe as an orgasm. <laughs> over the the hate yeah. that Hayden so, is showing yeah. towards him, he's but, like, "Oh this is yes, classic. This is classic Emperor acting, and it's, yeah. it is like good. I, I mean, I did enjoy it. It was good dialogue, and he does play this evil. Um, like, obviously, Ian McDermott is hamming it up no end in this film, and it really does work for his character. So I, I can give him props for that. His acting is." Probably beyond uh, second to Obi Wan's sassiness, the 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 best thing about this film, I think. So um, then we go back to the wacky races with um, Ewan McGregor and yeah. what's his face Grievous, and he's yeah. he's making such a meal of defeating <laughs> this guy, really, isn't he? <laughs> he has he decides to have a fist fight with him, and then foolishly decides to kick the metal man, and then <laughs> he's like. What you expecting to happen he, um, oh the funny thing is he screams in agony over this right absolutely screams <laughs> in agony over getting his shin hurt but earlier not let's not forget he was crushed by a metal platform and afterwards yes he was concussed for a bit or whatever but he wakes up later and he's totally fine feels no pain whatsoever but no a little a little tap on the shin and this guy's ah oh, he's he's in he's He's dying. He's in total pain. So he defeats him by kind of like partially opening um, the metal rib cage of um, Grievous, exposing his um, organic heart. Because I think, yeah. The, yeah, and then shoots him with a with um, a blaster several times. And Grievous um, spontaneously like the... combusts. Yes, and that's <laughs> the end of him. Um, I didn't. I, I quite like the uh, so uncivilized line. It was a cute little callback to the original trilogy he where loves, um, he loves a clever quip this guy doesn't he absolutely yeah. loves them it's Ian, sassy obi-wan it's the best obi-wan i guess well on that sassy note that is part one of our review of revenge of the sith so in total i've got 10 pages of notes still to get through so i'm in for a fun show next time around aren't i but there we go Ian, um, thank you once again. Are you ready to do this all again next time? I sure am. <laughs> we will, we will, <laughs> we will pick it up. We will pick it up next time with Hayden Christensen revealing Samuel L. Jackson that the Chancellor is indeed the Sith Lord, and of course, this idiot being totally shocked by this fact, really. How could this be? Oh, no. Anyway, we'll see you next time, folks, for the next part of This is a Review.